you guys are having a good day. Uh, I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins, and welcome to drboycetv.com. This is the home for intelligent black people. So if you are black and intelligent, then you are welcome to stay. If you are uh, not black, uh, you can stay if you are quiet and don't disrupt black people when we are building and planning and, uh, and creating the future. Uh, if you uh, want to disrupt things, then you are certainly welcome to get the fuck out. Uh, because uh, grown folks are talking and we are planning and we are pursuing the black agenda. Um, and the black agenda is something that uh, we don't need permission to pursue. Uh, this is something that puts black people first. Uh, this is something that matters for our community. Uh, our community matters more than any other community to us right now because our community needs the most help. So if you agree with that sentiment, if that is who you are, then I ask you to put hashtag B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1 means you're black first. It also means we must be one in order uh, to be successful. And lastly, it means that at some point, black people will be number one. We will be uh, we will lead the world in economic intelligence. Uh, we will lead the world in all things that are great and extraordinary. And uh, it's only a matter of time. But we have to we have to uh, start that agenda. And if we don't do it, then nobody else will. Uh, that is what I believe. That is why we're here. Now, um, let's uh, let's let's just jump right into it. Uh, OK, so um, hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't done it yet, please hit the thumbs up button, share, and subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, this is this is not mainstream media. Uh, this is not uh, typical talk. This is not the type of stuff you're going to find on CNN or anywhere else. Um, this is uh, something that came to me really from God. And also, you know, <clears throat> when you've been teaching college students for 25 years, you're not a normal person. You know, you're not. I don't think like a regular person. Um, I, I think very deeply about everything uh, to the point where I probably seem a little bit weird. I'm sure I seem very weird to some people. And I know I piss people off and I know I lose friends uh, because of what I believe, but I'm not going to change that. Because uh, at, at the end of the day, when, when you talk about where we are as black people and what we're dealing with as black people, we need radical solutions. Uh, we need radical solutions. If we don't have radical solutions, then... Um, we're not going to solve our problems. Uh, why do I believe that? Well, I, I don't just believe it. I know it. I know it's, it's, it's true because uh, if that were the case, then why is it that I can go read a Malcolm X speech? I can go read a Malcolm X speech about the problems they were having in 1961. I can go read a Malcolm X speech about his issues with the Democrat and Republican parties. Um, I can read a Malcolm X speech about uh, Black people voting against our own interests. And it's almost, it's so fascinating because it's almost like that speech was written yesterday. Um, has anybody else noticed that? Give me a yes or no in the chat if you've noticed. And I want to make this conscious. I want to lay this out here, you know, right at the top of the conversation so you can understand where we're coming from. Um, you literally can go back 60 years and you can read what Malcolm was complaining about, about, you know, Democrat, Republican parties, particularly Democrats taking black people for granted, uh, you know, black people voting against our own interests, black people uh, submitting too quickly and not negotiating properly. Uh, Malcolm used to talk about how our vote was the only swing vote in America where we were the biggest voting bloc where we could actually change the direction of the entire country. And, but because we are so caught up in getting masses approval, we would actually commit to a party before we even ask for anything. Malcolm X talked about that. Go read some of what he said. It's almost prophetic. It's, it's prophetic and it's pathetic. It's prophetic and it's pathetic. 60 years later, we have done a huge disservice to people like Malcolm X, because we still are doing the same damn thing that black folks were doing in 1961. 60 years later, when you look at black people and our lack of progress, you will see that we have made almost no progress at all in the area of education. Our kids are, in fact, we've gone backwards. Our, our kids are less educated than they were in the 1960s. If you compare the 1960s to the year 2020, we have made no progress at all when it comes to wealth. Our wealth is lower than it was in the 1960s. We have less home ownership than we had in the 1960s. Our families are more broken than they were in the 1960s. We have made no progress at all. Now, uh, I'm you know, I, I at, at risk, knowing, knowing that I'm going to make some people mad, knowing that I'm going to disrupt their thinking, 
um, I want to break some stuff down for you that will help you understand what's going on. I'm solution oriented. I, I, I'm not I'm not into whining and complaining and being upset because of racism and microaggressions. And oh, my God, I went to work today and the white people were just so mean to me. Oh, Lord Jesus, what is I going to do? Oh, my goodness. It's so terrible to be black. Hands up. Don't shoot. Black lives matter. Black lives White, white people, why don't you know that black lives matter? I got to convince you that black lives. I don't I don't do that. That's not that's not what we do on this platform. This is the no whining zone. I got a 10 year old and and I and, and, and sometimes she'll do something stupid. You know, how kids don't listen to you when you tell them, like, like, stop jumping off the rail or you're going to hurt yourself. And I just tell her, I say, look, stop doing stupid stuff because I don't want to hear all the whining because she'll just she'll fall. And, and I'm like, no, big girls don't cry like that. Big girls make plans. Big girls prepare for the future. Big girls avoid problems. You don't have to touch the stove and then cry because it's hot when every single time I've been telling you not to touch the damn stove. So that's how, so I'm, I'm going to have to talk a little bit like the way I talk to the 10 year old, you know, and I tell, look, if you don't learn, then you're going to burn. Baby, if you don't learn, then your hands going to burn. So you keep touching that stove and, 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 and when it gets hot, don't come complaining to me. So the same thing is true with our community. We got some people who will keep touching the stove and the stove is always hot. And every time it's hot, they always cry. Uh, we keep doing the same thing. We get no results. And every time we get no results, we always cry. We always whine and cry because we feel like we are deserve or we need to be victims all the time. Uh, we are masters at victimhood. We have become addicted to victimhood. That's just what we do. Um, and uh, it's not what we all do. I mean, some of you don't do this. I, I see T. Kalik in here. T, I, I like T. <clears throat> it's funny. You know, T happened to vote for Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. I voted for Joe Jorgensen in the last election. Joe Jorgensen was the libertarian candidate. Um, but it doesn't matter. We didn't vote for the same person, but I like the brother because at least the brother's looking for solutions. At least he's trying something different. Uh, so if you're different, if you're trying something different, well, no matter what you're doing, you, you, no matter who you voted for, I applaud you uh, because what we're doing now is not working. So let's 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 talk about some of what was on my mind in particular, having to do with Stacey Abrams and Ice Cube. Uh, Ice Cube and Stacey Abrams came to mind because I saw it's like a tale of two black people. It's a tale of two Negroes in a way, except, you know, I, I, I don't want to call them Negroes. I almost feel like that word is just an ugly word. Um, and, uh, and, and, and here's what I saw. Uh, I saw Ice Cube, this guy who goes out and has the audacity to believe in something that most of us don't believe in, which is called equality. He has the audacity to believe that if the white man can um, negotiate for what he wants, then I can negotiate for what I want. Ice Cube had the audacity to believe that, look, if, if white people can demand something in exchange for their vote or for their money, then black people have the right to do the same thing too, right? He believed in something that most black people don't, um, don't approve of, which is this idea that says, if you're going to play hardball with me, I'm going to play hardball with you. So Ice Cube goes to uh, the, the, the Biden camp uh, after he puts together the contract of Black America with a team of scholars, with a team of scholars. I, I, can, I can confirm that he consulted with myself, Dr. Claude Anderson, and many others. He didn't just get up one day and, you know, roll over with a notepad and, and with, 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 you know, with a, with a liquor bottle in one hand and some weed in, the, in his mouth and, and write it on a notepad like, like they, they want to do. They, they love to do that. Right. As much as these people, these, these are your so-called allies. Right. The people of Saturday Night Live, your so-called allies, they like to reduce the black man into a ridiculous, ignorant, feminized piece of crap cartoon character. They like to do that. They like to minimize the black man. Right. And they do it deliberately through deliberate propaganda, lies and misinformation. They did that on SNL where they they pretty much reduced Ice Cube's whole initiative to taxes. And literally they replaced 50 Cent and they said 50 Cent is not a good target. We need to target Ice Cube. So they had him show up on the show or they, they put a, the, a pretend Ice Cube on the show with a MAGA hat on. And they said, why are you voting for Trump? And he said taxes. None of that is true. That was complete propaganda. That wasn't just comedy. There's no such thing as just entertainment. Everybody might say, oh, that's just entertainment. That's just entertainment. There ain't no such thing as just entertainment. If you think entertainment is just entertainment, then you've never studied psychology. If you think entertainment is just entertainment, 
then you don't understand the power of the subconscious mind. If you say that entertainment is just entertainment, then you know you then you know nothing about how uh, how media and mass consumption of media, which black people lead the lead the country in consumption of media, how mass consumption of media actually disrupts and minimizes the power of the prefrontal cortex in your brain, which is a part of your brain that engages in logical thinking. That's the part of your brain. If you talk to Professor Ken Sapolsky at Stanford University, Professor Sapolsky does an extensive lecture where he breaks down the reptilian brain, the monkey brain, uh, and, and, the, uh, and, and the, the more complex brain, the part of you that makes your brain different from that of an animal. He says that the difference between the brain of a human and the brain of an animal is about 5%. And that 5%, most of it, I'm paraphrasing here, is caught up in the prefrontal cortex. And the mass continuous consumption of media reduces the ability of your prefrontal cortex to help you separate your brain from that of an animal. So people who watch lots of media really are being reduced to sheep. They're literally being programmed and brainwashed to follow the crowd. Their ability to think critically is gone. When somebody like me comes along and says, take a second, let's process this for a moment. Their brain starts to overheat and they start to get angry and they start to get mad. And they the, the, the next reaction is to go back to the monkey brain and the reptilian brain and call me names. You, 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 Negro, I, I can't, I don't lie, you, 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 right? Because you're going back to the state of an animal. You're not you're not rational. You're not able to process what I'm putting before you because you don't your prefrontal cortex has been pretty much disrupted and destroyed and melted. So where does this come from? Why do I bring this up? Well, again, because if you go back to when SNL did that false portrayal of Ice Cube, where they literally had him say something that he never said, had him wearing a MAGA hat, which he never wore and had him as a Trump supporter, which he never was. When 50 Cent, they could have easily put 50 Cent there instead because 50 Cent really was a Trump supporter. 50 Cent really did say that he was voting for Trump because of taxes. Lil Wayne was accurate. Lil Wayne really did endorse Donald Trump. He took a picture with a photo op with Trump and talked about how great the platinum plan was. And Ice Cube literally with his 10, 15 million Twitter and Instagram followers literally repeatedly 10,000 times said over and over again, I never endorsed Trump. He made a song four years ago called Arrest the President. He, arrest, he was talking about Trump. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. That blah, blah, is Russian intelligence. That's those are the core. That's the course of the song. You can go Google that. You can go Google that. Right. So despite the fact that there was a ton of information to the contrary, they said, no, 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 no. We got to get this Negro by any means necessary. So whatever it takes, whatever lie we got to tell, whatever propaganda we must push, we will destroy this dude. We are going to reduce him to nothing. And, and most importantly, and this is where I'm getting to the, the slave issue. I'm going to I got I pulled out my books for this this morning. I got both black labor, white wealth and poweronomics. I'm about to educate some people today. We about to we about to elevate some fools today, or we so the fools will have a choice. They will either be elevated or they're going to get pissed off. But we either gonna elevate some fools or we're gonna piss them off. And those of you who already get it, you're gonna you're gonna have some knowledge today. This is not a typical conversation. This is I pulled out my books and took notes today. Okay, I, I rolled out of bed. Alicia said, "Where are you going?" I said, "God told me to to share something with people today, and I gotta go do this." But if you go back and you look at your slave training. The interesting aspect of this slave training is the fact that th that Joe Biden didn't go after Ice Cube himself. They, the white folks didn't go after Ice Cube. But what they did was they whispered, we got a problem. We, we need y'all to handle this. And the Negro minions, you know, the Angela Rise, the Roland Martins. They, they, uh, the, 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 uh, that Fox Soul show where they had the queens, uh, the cocktails with the queens, whatever. They went after Ice Cube. They say, yes, sir, boss, I'm on, I'm on it. And I've seen this before. I've seen this before. They did the same thing to Cornell West. If you remember Cornell West, when Cornell West challenged the Democratic Party in the Obama administration, they didn't send Obama. They said, no, 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 we, we don't want any of the important people going after this person. We need to get we need to go get some higher guns. So they went and got some assassins to not to not debate Cornell West because they couldn't debate him. They couldn't debate him on facts because Cornell had the facts. Instead, they said, we need you to discredit him. We need you to minimize him. We need you to make you to make him ir irrelevant. 
because that because we can't prove him wrong because he's right we haven't done anything for black people he's right we our policies don't support black people he's right uh you know uh, he's right uh oh, oh obama doesn't want to mention black people julianne malvo snuck in and uh and she mentioned this on an interview actually the interview's out there she came on my show and said this dr julianne malvo you know the lady with a phd in, e- in economics from mit got an interview with obama and asked him about reparations and he ended the interview immediately and he said who who approved this question he didn't want to even talk about reparations and if you pay attention the the candidates in this last election did not at any point from what from what i understand ever say the word reparations they are under strict orders to not mention that which black people are owed so this is sinister this is deep so Simultaneously, while they're working to discredit Ice Cube, doing everything in their power to make sure that as many people as possible are not going to hear what Ice Cube has to say and to muddle muddle the waters and, and make his message confusing when his message was crystal clear. The same time, right after the election, what happens then? Next thing you know, you see Stacey Abrams propped out there. Dun, dun. She's the hero. She's in the New York Times. This wonderful black woman, let me tell you what she did. She saved the country. She saved the country. And she's standing there. She's got, you see the picture where she's got the suit on and she's looking, she's standing, she's holding her stomach like this. And she's, she's like, you know, kind of getting, giving that strong masculine energy. Like, like I could be the next governor. Right. I, and, and, and here's the thing, right. I don't have any problem with Stacey Abrams being the governor of Georgia. I, I truly don't care. I truly don't care. I mean, if she becomes governor of Georgia, I'm not going to be mad about that. I'll be very happy for her. Also, I want to make this 100% abundantly clear, even though no, even though people are going to confuse the message deliberately, because I just explained to you that's what they do. They they confuse the message deliberately because they, they love to create the gender war. That's another way to keep black people divided. This is not an attack on Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams does not run the New York Times. Stacey Abrams does not control white racist media. Stacey Abrams is not the person who made Stacey Abrams into Negro of the Week. They, they, that was somebody else's job. That was, that, that was their job. They, they picked Stacey. Stacey didn't ask for all of this, right? So let's make this clear. This is not me saying I think Stacey Abrams is a bad person. This is bigger than Stacey Abrams. This is about white supremacy and the selection of Stacey Abrams at the expense of an ice cube. Ice cube a man who was doing his best to do what he could for black people versus Stacey Abrams, who was doing the best she could for white people. Ice Cube, a guy who wanted to see resources go into the black community versus Stacey Abrams, who worked overtime to make sure that the Democratic Party stayed in power. You see, the reason that Ice Cube was vilified and Stacey Abrams was herofied is because Ice Cube was fighting for black people. Stacey Abrams was fighting for white Democrats. So they make Stacey the hero. They make Ice Cube the villain. Right now, now fortunately, I can say this. I can confirm this. I, you know, when I ask Ice Cube, "How you doing? You, you, you good with you? Okay with this?" Ice Cube's a solid man. He he understands the solidity and the importance of of masculine leadership, which means that you have to be a rock. That you're gonna, as a black man, it's not hating the black man is nothing new. Hating the black man is nothing new. Scapegoating the black man is nothing new. This has been something that's been going on for 400 years, right? Everything that bad that happens in the world. If it rains on a Tuesday, it, a black man must have done it. We know this, right? And, and the black man's an easy scapegoat, right? Uh, they, they've convinced some black women that black men are the source of every problem they've ever had. So when they're thinking about their problems, they say, well, instead of me taking responsibility for my own problems, I'll just find a black man to blame it on. And then the white man puts his arm around her and says, yeah, baby, that's right. Those men over there are your problem. So why don't you come over here with me and, and pull your pants down? Get come in the bedroom with me, baby, because because you don't want no, no parts of these guys, right? So so it's fine. That's what it is, right? That that's that's why black men are the most likely to be stopped by the police. That's why black men are the most likely to be arrested once they're stopped. That's why black men are the most likely to uh, be incarcerated, uh, even when they commit the same crimes as everybody else. That's why black men get longer prison sentences than everybody else. That's why the black man is most likely to get fired from his job on his day off, which is one of the reasons why I warn you, uh, those black men listening and any black person, any person that has a black son or a black man in their family, you must 
prepare him for this and not and teach him that you are not a little white girl. You can't go get the same job everybody else can get. It is imperative that you learn the most important survival skill that a man must learn, which is the ability to start your own business. Understand, understand. When when I'm when I'm I I will I will go ahead and confess that I'm an ally with Ice Cube. I think that that's pretty clear. And I will also lay this out in plain English for everybody to understand this. Ice Cube and I are not employees. We are not employees. We both of us both of us got would get fired from jobs on our day off. Ice Cube's a multimillionaire. I I, ha, I have a I have plenty of money in the bank. I I I, I got assets to manage. Let me just say that I'm not a poor man. But neither one of us got that way by working for a white man. Neither one of us got that way because we got good jobs. I don't have a job. I ain't had a job for years and probably couldn't get one if I tried. You think a Negro talking like me on the Internet could go get a job? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Go work at Home Depot? You think Ice Cube can go get a job? I look, looking like the meanest black man in America. You really think Ice Cube could, could go get parts in, in, in Hollywood movies knowing that he's deliberately stood up against the Hollywood agenda? No. Yo, so what I'm saying to you is as a black man is already an outsider, so you might as well embrace the role of the renegade. You might as well embrace the role of the outlaw. You might as well go ahead and just, just voluntarily exit the system instead of being kicked out of the system because the black man is the most marginalized man or human on this fucking planet. You are marginalized. They don't want you. They don't like you. The reason you go to work every day and you pissed off when by the time you come home is because they, you're not welcome there. There's no place for you in this country, right? At least not right now. And I'm saying this as again, I you know, Ice Cube is a successful black man who's made hundreds of millions of dollars, but he's done that because he owns things. He he owns the basketball league. He owns the movies that he makes. He didn't get that because people liked him and accepted him and gave him things. Right. I, I have assets because I built a business. Right. So. So what I'm saying to you is that at the end of the day, you must understand where you are and stop letting people lie to you. So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share and subscribe button. And also um, there's a URL for financial I hope you guys will subscribe. Uh, that's where we talk. Everything's black wealth. Everything's about black economics on that channel. It's a great channel. Feel free to go check that out. And also, please text the word voice to 31996 if you want to get text notifications when I go live. You can text voice to 31996. Please hit that thumbs up button right now. Please hit the share button right now. I really need you to do that. All right. So, again, I'm not attacking Stacey Abrams at all. Stacey Abrams is cool. If she called me tomorrow and said, what are you talking about, boys? Why are you hating? I'd be like, I'm not hating. I I wish you the best. I'm not even going to vote in Georgia, so I'm not even a threat for you. So here's the deal. Stacey Abrams is celebrated in media approximately like shortly after Ice Cube is vilified, right? Um, This goes back to slavery where white media has always felt that they have the right and the ability to choose who your heroes are going to be, right? They've always decided to choose who your heroes and who your leaders are going to be. And so one of the simple pieces of advice I would give you, or one of the things I can tell you I believe to the core of my soul is that you should never trust a black leader who was selected by white supremacist media. Why would a white supremacist choose a black leader that's actually going to elevate black people at the expense of white people? Why would they do that? Why Why in the world, if I'm a white man, there's no way in the world I would elevate a black person who's actually going to rally black people and get black people to fight for themselves. I wouldn't want that. So, so I totally get why they would pick a Stacey Abrams over an ice cube because Stacey Abrams is basically part of the establishment. She's going to maintain and support the status quo. She's going to say, you know, hey, we got to get out here and vote. Even though we vote in every single election, that's what we always do. We vote in every election. Every time black people will save America, even though America will never save us. In fact, give me a yes or no in the chat. Give me a yes or no. Everybody, we, we have so many people bragging about how black people saved America how black women in particular, I love black women. I'm marrying a black woman. I hope that says something. I hope they said, I don't, but maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she could be a sellout too of you. I don't know what people think. I don't care. Right. But, 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 but think about this, right? We have so many black people that are so proud that black people saved America. Right. So I want to ask you this. If, if, if your house is burning, which it actually is, are they coming to save you? Give me a yes or no. 
So we're, we, we love, I mean, process this for a minute. Process how ridiculously asymmetric this is. How incredibly unbelievable this is, right? You love bragging about how you're saving America. But is America saving you? Like when you go to your grandma's house back in the hood, because maybe you got the nice fancy job now, so you live in the white neighborhood. But when you go to your grandma's house in the hood and they got drugs and and little kids being shot up and poverty and homelessness and black men, quality black men just sitting on the corner doing nothing. Men that could have been your husband, by the way. Uh, you know, maybe if they had the chance to have some economic opportunity or maybe if, if Joe Biden's crime bill hadn't put him in prison, you know, a few years ago and had him in there, you know, sleeping with another dude or, or, or doing what they had to get by. Right. Uh, you know, like, but but really, but but just seriously, like, are they saving you? You know, I mean, when you have problems, because Lord knows black people got problems. All we do is whine about our problems all day like that. That that's the new black empowerment is to. Is, is whining. Whining is is the new black empowerment. It's I'm gonna sit around with my bougie friends where we all have master's degrees from from Yale and Duke, and we're gonna sit there with a glass of wine at a fancy restaurant and and whine about how mean white people are on our job. How we all have to deal with microaggressions. And girl, let me tell you what these white people do on my job. Or man, man, it's just it's rough out here. You know, it's it's like okay, seriously, think about this. All right, and these are the educated Negroes. The educate. I'm not. I'm not even talking about. We haven't even gotten to the people that are really in the struggle. I'm talking about y'all that went to college with student loans up to here, right? <laughs> got got two two hundred grand in student loans, and, and 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 no savings, no investments, no assets, no ability to start a business to actually get yourself out of an economic hole. And 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 you're and you're you're all you do is you're sitting here complaining about how hard it is um, to be black, right? Like. You, you're watching white people get promotions that you should have gotten. They're getting jobs that, that you didn't get. Um, I, I remember seeing a black woman come and interview a Syracuse. When I was in Syracuse, uh, they, they're, they're like a lot of other white institutions, very racist, right? But they'll be the first ones to scream Black Lives Matter, right? They're the first ones to, to go and put up a sign that says Black Lives Matter. Okay, let's get these Negroes off our back. Just put a Black Lives Matter sign on the, on the wall, right? We ain't going to hire none of these black people. We ain't going to give them no real power. But but just put Black Lives Matter up on the wall because that'll make them happy because they, they, don't, they don't really know where the real money's at, the real power's at, right? So when I was in Syracuse, um, a r- very racist institution. The year before I got hired at Syracuse on the faculty there, um, they and they hired three black people at once, three of us at the same time. Uh, they had <clears throat> zero black professors in any department in the entire business school. Zero. No, they had no black people in marketing, no black people in finance, no black people in management, no black people that did anything in that business school, right? So they hired three of us at the same time. And I remember that I remember thinking, this is kind of awkward. Like, I wish there were more black people here. So there's a black woman who came through <clears throat> an interview for the job, right? And it was a department that had no black people. And now on the surface, they're like, oh, we're so happy to have a, a, a quality a quality minority candidate. Because, you know, they use words like minority and stuff like that, right? Well, we're so happy. We, we just can't find any qualified black people. Like, that's what they do. They, that's how that's how they lie. That's how they keep you out of, the, out of those jobs, right? They're like, we can't, we can't find any black people. There's no black people on the planet. No black people anywhere. Now, mind you, they can find thousands of white people just like that, right? Thousands of white people have done this job. But think about how white supremacist this is to then see a job that's been done by thousands of white people and you can't find a Negro on the planet. Like we search, we search every city in on earth. We search all surrounding planets. We went to Mars and we can find no black people. There's no black people. They're smart enough, right? That's what they would do. They would literally pretend like there wasn't a Negro on earth qualified to do that job. And, and, and the hilarious thing was that I would think, well, you know that there are black people who have PhDs. <laughs> like, there are some smart, very smart black people out here. What are you talking about? So one day a black woman comes in and she she just she basically, you know, calls them to the carpet. She, she basically comes in, does a stellar interview and presentation. An amazing job. She was incredibly collegial, got along with everybody. She laughed at their jokes, <laughs> right? She knew how to how to play the game, do exactly what they needed her to do. 
And and so I was like rooting. I'm like, yeah, go, you know, go, sister, go. That's so good. Because you know how it is. I'm, I'm, you know, just to be honest, right? You know how you get a little, you feel a little awkward if the black person shows up and they really ain't ready for the job. Like they're not, they didn't do their homework, right? Like, like, you know, even though we advocate for black people, advocating for black people doesn't mean you advocate for every black person, right? Because some black people just ain't really trying to be ready, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. So I'm sitting there like, God, I hope she's good. I hope she's qualified, right? So so she comes in, does a hell of a job. I mean, knocks it out the park. Extraordinary. They pretty much did everything except offer her the job on the spot. Like It was almost like the way they were talking was like, oh, it's definitely going to happen. No question about it. Whatever, right? So I'm like, okay, great. We're going to have another black person here. Well, I called the lady and I said, hey, did they call you back? Did anybody from the department reach out to you? She said, no, I haven't heard from anybody. And, she, and I said, okay, well, I'll ask around. So I go, because, you know, we got the little secret Negro code. We got the little Negro grapevine going, right? So, I, so I'm like asking around and trying to find out what's going on. And, and then, and then and, but I can't find out anything. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, hey, did they call you yet? She's like, no, they haven't even told me if I got the job or not. And I'm like, okay, what's the, you know, and so, so, so months go by. And then finally she calls. And the secretary's like, oh, yeah, you, you didn't get the job. You didn't. And they didn't even have the decency to let her know that she didn't get the job. Right. And, 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 they, and, they, and they, she was like, well, why didn't or what did I do wrong? And they're like, oh, uh, you, you weren't you just weren't a good fit. That's a, that, it's a, oh, she just wasn't a good fit. You see, see, that's the game that people play with you, right? They play this game where they say, oh, yeah, we, 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 we're looking for qualified black people. But then when qualified black people show up, they find a reason that you just don't fit, right? And especially if you're a black man, if you're a black man, they're almost always going to find a reason why you don't fit into their establishments, into their institutions. So, so seeing things like that up close really led me to really lose faith in white people coming to save black people. It really made me just sort of see a reality that I didn't see before. It made me realize that, you know, maybe they were lying to me the whole time, but they made me really think that as long as you people do your job properly, as long as you stop, you know, drinking malt liquor and, and smoking crack every day, like you, we're going to have plenty of opportunities for you. And, and, and that's, that's the failure of integration. That's the failure of not just uh, what happens in the economic system. That's, that's what happens in the political system too. Uh, every time they get you playing this game like a hamster in a wheel where they say, just keep doing what you're doing and things will get better. Right. It'll get better in the by and by. Right. Or whatever the hell they say to you. And, 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 and I don't believe in those things. I believe that this is a that we are on a bus that is stalled at a level that we cannot possibly comprehend. I think that we don't understand the depth to which white supremacy is designed to. Uh, keep black people in a certain place and also the way it's designed to empower itself by always ensuring that white people have opportunities that black people never will. And the only way black people can have those opportunities is by learning to create those opportunities on our own. So this led me to come to a conclusion on the black agenda. A lot of people talk about the black agenda as if it's something that has to be taken to politicians and that the politicians have to agree to it. Now, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to the idea of getting Congress to pass a bill or or, you know, some legislation or whatever. Right. But I don't have a lot of faith in that process. I just don't. I don't think white people will ever love you enough to do the work necessary to give you the opportunities that you truly deserve. So I believe that rather than thinking that the black agenda is something that should be pursued by white people, I think that the black agenda is something that should be initiated and pursued by black people. I believe that a black agenda is one that we can put together and 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 move forward with without asking for anybody's permission. I don't believe the black agenda will be brought to you by the Democratic Party. I don't believe the black agenda will be brought to you by the Republicans. I don't believe the black agenda will be brought to you by Walmart, Target, Kmart, Netflix, Amazon, or anybody else. I believe that the black agenda, when we finally find the real black agenda, will be brought to you by black people. And black people will be the ones who make sure that it actually gets pursued. So let me let me jump in and, and, and dig deeper on this. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this Ice Cube, Stacey Abrams thing. 
And uh, do me a favor, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share, and subscribe button. And uh, also, in case you guys don't know, we actually have these financial workbooks for children um, that you could take a look at. They were designed by black educators for black children. So if you want to teach economics to your kids, you can go to financialworkbooks.com. The URL's right there. That's financialworkbooks.com. Please hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. All right. So let me read to you about something. Uh, when I saw Stacey Abrams sort of being celebrated in that way, almost in a deliberate way, like they're running an ad campaign, like this is the next black leader we're going to advertise to you because you people kind of do what we say. It made me think about how politics works. Now, remember, I explained to you guys that the reason that you can't do politics effectively in America without capital, without building wealth, is because capitalism is the older brother. Politics is the little brother. The older brother bullies the little brother. The capitalists have all the money and they put money into the political system to control politics. Right. Uh, and until there's campaign finance reform, that's pretty much what you're going to have. So that's why it costs two or three billion dollars to run for president. Right. Black people don't have the kind of wealth necessary to really put forth candidates or, you know, at the congressional or the presidential level. So this money gets funneled in by the corporations and by the billionaires. And they're not doing it because they're pro-life or pro-choice. They're not doing it because they care of whether or not Trump builds a wall. They're doing it because they want these politicians to pass laws that will allow their companies to make billions of dollars. Right? That's why, for example, if you look back in Joe Biden's track record, one of the things that he did pass was uh, was that law that said you can't write off your student loans in, in a bankruptcy. He did that because billionaires gave him money and said, we need you to make sure this law gets passed. And he did. Right now, Trump at the same time, Trump does the same thing. Right. Trump. In fact, Trump is probably worse because Trump already has business interests that benefit directly from laws that are passed and from changes in the political system. All of Trump's children make, if I'm not mistaken, over 50 million dollars a year. So he's taking care of Trump first. He's taking care of family first. And then he's taking care of donors uh, after that. Right. So uh, so so here's the deal. Right. So when you're talking about politics, and, and, and you're sort of looking at this whole system, you have to understand that your voting does have power. Your voting's, your vote is very, very important, but your vote is bought by the capitalists. The wealthy people give money to politicians so they can run ads to you to get you to vote for a certain candidate. And then those votes don't go to creating benefits for you. They go to creating benefits for the billionaires that gave the politicians money to actually convince you to vote. So because you're the sucker in the process, right? Because you're the one that's easily manipulated, then you're kind of a commodity. Like they're sort of passing you back and forth. <clears throat> Almost like, um, for example, KFC's uh, economic system can't work without the chickens, right? KFC needs its chickens, but the chickens don't own the system. Or if you think about, uh, if you go to a, a public school system where it's full of black kids, their school might be full of black kids, but the black kids and black parents are not the ones who are running the school system. They're not the ones who are benefiting from the school system. Why do white people want black children in their schools? <clears throat> well, because that's attached to money. They get money for every black child that's in that school, even if the school is a failing school. <clears throat> Why do little white hillbilly redneck towns full of Trump supporters want to have prisons in their towns that are filled with black people? Is it because they love black people and they want black people around? No. Is it because black people being in that town is going to empower black people? No. It's because the black people are a commodity. They make money. They get jobs and opportunities from having the prison in their town. So black people, historically, going back to slavery, have always been commodified. You've always been commodified. You've never been an equity owner in any of this process. You've only been an essential asset the, the same way you need gasoline to run a car, right? And, and, and what can happen is if you're not careful, you can take pride in being a commodity. You can take pride in the fact that they need you. If your self-esteem is low, and Dr. Claude Anderson writes all about that, how during slavery, they did specific things to keep your self-esteem low. So you would almost be as proud as... The 12-year-old girl with no daddy who's proud that the fact that the whole football team wants to sleep with her, right? She's proud that all the boys like her and she's getting all these attention from the boys when she doesn't know, she's never been taught that all attention ain't good attention. That it's not a good thing that all the boys like you. You don't want to be the most popular girl in school because that's going to come at a huge cost to you, right? And a benefit to them, right? You, you're, you're in that same position because your self-esteem is low. So let me keep going. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. 
I'm going to read to you something called meritorious manumission. This explains why Ice Cube was vilified and Stacey Abrams was glorified, right? This will explain the differential. So meritorious manumission, What this is uh, in Black Labor, White Wealth, a book written by Dr. Claude Anderson. You can go to poweronomics.com if you want to get a copy of this book. He says, meritorious manumission was the legal act of freeing a slave for good deeds as defined by the black by the national public policy. Meritorious manumission could be granted to a slave who distinguished himself by saving the life of the white master, inventing a new medicine, or snitching on fellow slaves. This was a destructive weapon in the slaveholder's arsenal and a powerful component of the public policy. The importance that whites placed on black informants is emphatically demonstrated by a rare monument that the town of Harper's Ferry erected to honor Hayward Shepard, a black man who was killed by the totally committed abolitionist John Brown and his raiding party shortly before the beginning of the Civil War. Hayward Shepard was shot dead by John Brown's party when he recognized John Brown and attempted to warn the town that they were there to free the slaves. In grateful recognition for placing the economic interests of the slaveholder above the freedom of his own people, the town erected the only monument honoring a black man who could appropriately be described as a Sambo. Since the black civil rights movement of the late 1960s, the statue has been stored inside the city's mayor museum and covered with a wooden box. So this statue was up until the 1960s. Now, let's just play this out. Think about this. The slaves were trying to revolt. John Brown had gathered some people that were ready to get the slaves off the plantation and help them to be free, right? Hayward Shepard is a black man now who goes and warns, he identifies so much with the master that he goes to warn white people that somebody has come to free the black people. Now you would say, well, why would you as a black man fight against that? It doesn't make any sense. That's a special kind of brainwashing that you have to receive in order to think that that makes any sense. So simultaneously, go up 200 years later, you have Ice Cube, a black man who's trying to liberate and support black people. And he's challenging the fact that black people, without any doubt, have received almost no benefits from consistently voting. So Ice Cube steps up and says, I want to liberate black people from this perpetual hell, this purgatory we've been in for 60 years by demanding something in exchange for our vote. So the people that come and attack Ice Cube first are not the white people, it's the black people. And you're like, why don't you have more important things to do than attacking a black man who wants who has something that he wants to do for black people? Like, don't you have something? Like, couldn't you be, you know, you you okay, even if you're attacking you know Donald Trump, go do that. Or you want to go attack white supremacy, go do that. Or you want to go get mad about the people that have the liquor stores in the black neighborhoods and are taking money out of the community. Go do that. Go go after the people that have all the hair and nail shops that are taking billions out of the black. Go do that. Like you, you ain't got nothing better to do with your time as a black person than to go and fight a black person who's trying to help black people. Use a sick son of a bitch. Something is wrong with you. Something is mentally wrong with you where you literally will make it your top priority. Like, like you got 50 things you could be doing. You're like, okay, go get an ice cube as, as the top of the list. That's the first. That's the, that's got to be number one, boss. I got to go do that first. Seriously, even if you don't agree with him, you could just shut the fuck up and sit to the side and leave it alone. But no, you're not sitting to the side. You're literally going above and beyond to fight him. And so it's 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 insanity, but the, but it does but it's not insanity when you put it into proper context. If I go into a neighborhood and I'm trying to get drugs out of the neighborhood, I don't just have to fight the drug dealers. I gotta fight the drug addicts, right? The drug addicts have identified with the drug dealer, and in this particular case, the drug addicts are the people who are addicted to white supremacy. They're addicted to the Democratic Party taking care of them. Like, like we scared, boss, we scared to death. Again, another part of your conditioning. He writes about this in this book. I kid you not. He breaks down how black people's self-esteem was kept low and they were kept in constant fear and with this fundamental belief that white people are going to come save me. And if you look at Biden and Kamala Harris's ads 
They're based on fear, fear, fear. Y'all gonna die from Corona. The police are gonna kill you. Ah! And, and and then you think, okay, oh, 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 all right, I, I, I'm scared. Okay, I, I don't. So mind you, pay attention now. If I get you focused on your fear, then you don't have time to think about nothing else because I've reduced you to an animal. I've taken you down Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is where you have basic stuff at the bottom, food, water, and shelter. Then you go up to the next level, which is security, fear. And then the higher level comes like self, like esteem from others. And then at the top, you have self-actualization. You know, so you're not seeking higher level needs. You're not, you're not fulfilling higher level needs. They have you on a low vibration frequency called fear. And when you're on that level, you can't think about the higher level stuff. You can't talk about rubber. That, and then you get videos like Amanda Seals, poor, poor child. I, I, I'm not mad at her. I feel sorry for her, who literally watches some, she gets some of the propaganda brainwashing. And then she does a video and says, hey, again, remember, she's been elevated by white supremacy. White people love to make the dumb Negroes famous. So she goes and she's like, forget a black agenda. We ain't got time for no black agenda. We ain't got time. Forget mass incarceration and reparations. We got to get Trump out of office, right? Again, that's the fear talking. She's reduced to a low vibrational frequency of fear and she's not able to get anything done because you can't get nothing done when you're always scared. When you always walk around bug-eyed and scared to death and afraid you're going to die, you can't focus on nothing. That Think about this. If somebody's in your house and about to kill your whole family, you're not thinking about the fact that you have to go to the dentist tomorrow or that or that your uh, or that your car needs to be taken to the shop or that you need to go to the gym and, and 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 work out. You're trying to survive, right? So they keep you in survival mode so they can exploit you. Right? Like I create the problem even if it's fake, I create the problem and then I present myself as a solution. Ta-da! It goes back to meritorious manumission. It goes back to slavery. He breaks down like he has charts. Like you should really read Dr. Anderson's book. If you ever, if you, if you really, I mean, there's a reason why when Charlemagne the guy was exposed to poweronomics, he became obsessed with it. There's a reason why Kanye West became exposed to poweronomics, he became obsessed with it. There's a reason why when I became exposed to poweronomics, I became obsessed with it. There's a reason why when Ice Cube was exposed to poweronomics, he became obsessed with it. This happened because it's like, oh, my God, this explains everything. This is the piece of the puzzle that the white man never gave me when I went to public school. OK, so so let me let me keep going. Let me let me dig deeper. All right. So so here here's what um, more about meritorious manumission. This is where slaves were rewarded for attacking slaves if they were trying to revolt or if they were trying to um, do anything against the master, okay? So it says, meritorious manumission was not only used as an instrument to reward blacks, it was a device for destroying black unity and race loyalty. It created a very effective informant system. The meritorious manumission policy introduced a strong element of distrust among the slaves and made it more difficult for slaves to organize a revolt. The psychological techniques were used are used were designed to drive wedges between slaves and to train them to trust no one other than their white slave masters. Meritorious manumission was first instituted in Virginia in 1710. According to Peter M. Bergman's The The Chronological History of the Negro in America, the technique of meritorious manumission was adopted by all of the colonies. So all the colonies said, wow, this process of getting black people to destroy each other is really effective teach us. So they would have training seminars, you know, like, you know, you ever go to those seminars like for your job where, where they have the, the coffee and the Danishes out in the morning, like, like they would have little seminars where they would get together and be like, well, how do you manage your Negroes? How do you control your slaves? Right? Like this was, this was instituted, like this was serious stuff. And so it says, quote, the first use in Virginia of the legislative power to break the bonds of a slave was made in this year, 1710. A Negro named Will was cited for discouraging a slave conspiracy in the colony, and in recognition and reward of the public service, an act was passed uh, conferring freedom upon him. The, the, the act of freedom read, the said Negro will is and shall be forever hereafter free from slavery and shall enjoy and have all the liberties, privileges, and immunities of or to a free Negro belonging. The act of freedom restores some of the liberties, privileges, and immunities 
that Maryland's public edict took from blacks in 1638. This national discipline policy was so successful. It was so successful that in more than 250 years of slavery, there was not not one successful slave revolt in North America. Of the mere 150 to 200 attempted slave insurrections, in nearly every instance, the slave revolts were prematurely exposed. And unfortunately, the informant in nearly every instance was a black person. This explains why so many black people were rushing to go after Ice Cube to shut to shut that down, even though the man was trying to help black people. Um, let me read a little bit more. The larger purpose, this is from Powernomics, it's Powernomics page 68. The larger purpose of these social conditioning systems was to destroy the ability of the subjects to form natural groups and communities, develop normal relationships, support, protect, and communicate with members of their own group. Um, he talks about uh, how Willie Lynchism or meritorious manumission work. One thing he mentioned is that um, the, the basically the goal was to control a large group of captured slaves and make them hardworking, fearful, dependent, docile, submissive, and loyal labor tools to build wealth for their captors. So process this. Let's go through each word carefully. Um, hardworking, right? Stacey Abrams is, you know, she's such a hardworking, like, like look at how hard she worked to get black people out to the polls, right? Um, fearful. Fear is, has been a consistent theme in the election, right? That, that you're going to die from COVID or if, if you're not shot by a cop that day, right? Dependent, right? You can't do this without us. The black agenda needs the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, whatever party you want uh, to, to, to get it through. Uh, docile, uh, how dare you, Negro, stand up to the white man? How dare you, Ice Cube, go and talk to Joe Biden? Who the hell do you think you are to go talk to Joe Biden, right? Uh, you got that from D.L. Hughley. Like, remember D.L. Hughley, which really surprised me. I was very disappointed in D.L. when he did this. And he was almost like, how dare you go and feel like you have the right to address these people? Like, who are you? You're, you're nobody, right? Um, submissive, right? Let's 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 do what we're supposed to do. Let's do what we're told. Um, and, and when you don't do what you're told, then people will get upset with you. And they said, and loyal, 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 right? We are very loyal. We give up our, we, we commit our vote before we even see the agenda. We don't even talk about the agenda. Uh, we don't even talk about, uh-oh, let me see here. We don't even talk about what we're going to get. We don't even talk about, we don't, we, we can't talk to both parties. Uh, if you talk to both parties, now pay attention. This is how sick the loyalty has become. That that if you talk to both parties, we're going to label you as a Trump supporter. That that's really like telling a little girl that if you go on a date with him, we're going to tell everybody that you've been having sex with him. Or you know, like that's the craziest thing in the world. If you say hello to a man, then that mean that means he's your husband, right? So so ultimately, th this is kind of sick. Um, so one thing that he mentions is that the reaction of enslaved blacks was uh, to internalize white values and fear their oppressors, uh, eroded group self-interest, meaning that you don't care about what happens to your group. Your self-interest is gone. That's eroded, uh, which is very, which is very successful. Right. Um, you know, the, the easiest way to piss off a lot of black people in, in, the, in the election anyway is to say, I want to do something for black people. Right. That, that's that's very strange. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um displayed self-hate, well, that's evident, uh, exhibited difficulty trusting and cooperating with other Blacks. Uh, the success rate is after 360 years, 36 million descendants of slaves had the shortest life expectancy, low self-esteem, remained divided and non-competitive. Y'all can't compete with shit. Like the Black community, you know, un very uncompetitive educationally. Are you competitive as a community? Are we really competitive educationally? Like is every Black child coming out of school with it, with a high level of education and, and understanding, or are we just competitive when it comes to like twerking contests or who can throw a football the furthest? Right. Um, let's see here. Uh, they remain fearful and continue to seek white approval, right? White approval is kind of a big deal. A lot of your so-called black heroes or fake black heroes have been um, approved. They have to be approved by media. So when a black person is on TV or a black person is given some important position other black people celebrate this, right? If you ever want to get a thousand likes on a Facebook post, just put something down like, I got the job, 
And, and a lot of people will cheer for you because you've been approved. You've been accepted into heaven because the gods have, have acknowledged you, right? Or, or, or somebody, a black person wins an Oscar or a Grammy. You have this sort of Negro celebrationism where we celebrate rather than realizing Oscars were, were just made up, right? That the Oscars were just something that they just created out of the, out of the, out of the blue. You know, we look at that like, oh, my God, a black person just got an Oscar. I remember seeing somebody that, that actually stated this is an Essence magazine, I believe, where they said um, that. Um, what's that lady's name? I forgot her name. Um, I, I shouldn't even say her name, but they, they were basically saying that she made black history because she was the first black anchor to ever host on the Today Show. I forgot her name. Um, she inter- I think she interviewed that uh, uh, Gilliam. She interviewed Andrew Gilliam after he came out from that whole crazy scandal that he was in. Um, but I can't, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Say her name for me so I don't, because now it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember who she is. But um, anyway, if, if, you, if you say her name, I'll say her name. But, but the point of the matter is to say that this is all the result of brainwashing. When you look at the way media went after Ice Cube and, and deliberately discredited Ice Cube, I mean, literally uh, shared uh, lies about Ice Cube. I mean, literally like made things up that were not true. And then you see simultaneously Tamron Hall. Thank you, Tamron Hall. You see at the same time that Stacey Abrams is hero number one. You must ask yourself the trillion dollar question. This is really a trillion dollar question. You must ask yourself is which path would have provided the most benefits to black people, right? Uh, getting more for our vote and forcing them to cut the check or getting us to just go vote again like we did in the last 15, 20 elections or more, right? Like wh- which is going to benefit us more? Which which has proven, if you look at the data, which which has been proven to have the greatest impact? Uh, getting us to vote again like we always do or actually getting them to do something different, to cut the check or realizing, whoa, we can't get these people to vote for us unless we cut the check. So I, I think that if you ask yourself basic questions like that, then you can get to those answers. Now, the, the key idea, though, is that you have to be able to break out of your programming. If you can't break out of your programming, then you're going to get mad. You're just going to look at it and say, oh, this 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 you hating again or this is this is nonsense. Right. And I, and I see you guys saying that Joe Biden just became the president. And I think that's fine. I mean, and who knows? Maybe this conversation can be used now to literally hold them accountable, like literally follow through and see exactly what they do compared to what they said they're going to do exactly where black people are better off than they were when they got elected. But one of the things I'm going to warn you about is that I, I, I became very disillusioned when, when Russell Simmons and I did that thing with the Obama administration, you know, Russell and I, I wrote, I wrote a letter to the president asking him to adjust his incarceration policy. Russell partnered with me and we got hundreds of people to sign this letter. We got lots of celebrities to sign it, you know, people, black and white, you know, a lot of the rappers and actors and, from Chris Rock and Will and Jada and to the white people, the Kardashians and people like that, and the scholars, Michelle Alexander, the author of the New Jim Crow, people like that. And we got all these people to sign this letter. And I can just tell you that it was not a pleasant experience. It was a very disappointing experience. It was very, very sad because I didn't, it wasn't like we were asking them to do something abnormal. It wasn't like we were asking them to do something they hadn't already promised to do. It's just that these politicians, in my opinion, have a habit of saying black people aren't that smart. So we'll just promise them the world. We'll sweet talk them into the bedroom and then we're not going to take care of the baby. Right. And that's kind of what they do. They come in, they get black people pregnant with hope and then they abandon the baby and don't want to pay child support. So I just ask, I just say to you, like, stop letting the Democrats be your new baby daddy and start learning how to stand up for yourself. That's just what it is. All right, guys. So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. I got two things I want to share with you real quick. One is uh, if you are interested in Poweronomics, Dr. Claude Anderson and I meet with students every week to do a Poweronomics Masterclass. Everything's recorded. So feel free to go to PoweronomicsMasterclass.com. It's right there on the screen, PoweronomicsMasterclass.com. And then also um, I put together a set of resources. Some are free, some are not. Uh, but there's definitely enough free stuff there that you can go take a look at as well. Remember, I told you guys that the black agenda can be implemented without white permission. The black agenda can be implemented without corporate sponsorship. The black agenda can be implemented by us for us without anybody's permission. So what I did was I put together, uh, if you go to a URL, the all black agenda, the all black agenda.com, there's free stuff, free resources right there, like the 100 year 
family family wealth plan, the $5 a day investing plan, where I show you how your family wealth can be higher than white people in less than a generation by investing $5 a day, the amount of money that you can't even, you, that's not even enough money to buy a Popeye's chicken value meal. And we know black people can afford Popeye's chicken. So don't tell me black people can't invest. If you go to the allblackagenda.com, there's a set of resources there. Uh, like I said, some are free, some are not, but you can check them all out. And, 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 and even the free stuff is good enough where it will change the whole trajectory of your life. I believe in implementing a black agenda without going through politicians. I believe in implementing a black agenda without going through fake Negro leaders. I believe in going, through, going to implement a black agenda without waiting for corporate America to write a check. Uh, we can do this on our own. But I need you guys to at least hear what I'm saying and take a look at what, what we have here. So feel free to go to the, the allblackagenda.com, T-H-E, theallblackagenda.com. And there's a lot of stuff right there. Um, another thing that we have is the six rules of wealth. Six rules of wealth that every young person should understand. That's free also. So we have free resources and then some that are low cost. So you can check out any of those and just go to the website and, uh, and, and give it a try. And if you want to get text notifications when we go live, text the word BOYCE to 31996. Just text BOYCE to 31996. And if you could, uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out. And please uh, take one moment to share this video. Everybody has social media. If you could just put it on your Facebook page or whatever and make sure somebody you know sees it, uh, I would really appreciate that because you're part of our distribution uh, plan. We don't have big white donors and funders. We don't want any of that. We don't even want that money. We reject that, all that stuff. That stuff's been offered. We don't want any of that, but we need you guys to help us. So if you could just give me a yes in the chat, if you could just take this link and share it on your Facebook page. That's all I want you to do. Don't cost you nothing. Just take the link and share it so other people can see it because I believe in that we can do this and I believe we can do it on our own. And I don't really care what politicians are doing, what the fake leaders are doing or what anybody else is doing. I don't even care about trying to get 40, Negro, 40 million black people on board. I, I can't control the whole black community. All I can do is influence those who are listening. And I can tell you as a financial scientist, as a finance PhD, I know the economic solutions for black people. I also know as a black man, I was a black man longer than I've been a PhD and I've been a PhD for a long time, that as a black man, that if you solve the wealth equation, you're solving 80% of the problems that black people have. If you solve the economic equation, you're solving 80% of our problems. So let's solve our own problems. Let's do for self. That's what black nationalism is all about. And that's what I believe in. So take care, guys. I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins. Have a good day. I'm out. I love you guys. Peace. Biden just won.